you are awful, but I like you. The cake is a lie. So, hi everyone. <laughs> are we doing that now? Hello. Hi. Hello. I think we're supposed to do the greeting thing and say who we are. I am Sam. Well done. <laughs> I'm Zoe, the, the foreign sounding one, in case you lose track throughout our conversation. I'm the, I'm the odd one sounding one. Uh, but this is The Cake is a Lie. You, but you'd be the normal sounding one if an American was listening. That That's true. You would be the foreigner. So it depends. Wherever, maybe we're both foreign to you. Zoe's the American. Where... I'm not. There you go. <laughs> Sorted. So today we're taking the, the very... We're starting on a very serious note, I think. Ethics. It's such a... I can't... So I, funny enough, yeah, here's a funny story. I studied journalism mm. at varsity and I did my honours. And one of the things that I was sort of very good at throughout sort of your, my, my first degree and then my honours degree was ethics and journalism. Mm. Which is funny because I'm pretty sure some of our, our local industry would laugh hysterically <laughs> when they heard that because I know some of them think that bloggers have questionable ethics, which maybe they do. Um, but it was something that they actually asked me to come and do my master's on. And I, I didn't because at the time I was just bumming Not, around yeah. and, and I didn't want to do a master's. But it's, it's such an interesting topic because really what is ethical and what isn't? And I think this is, I mean, that's the question that goes for any topic. I mean, it's always such a difficult line to draw and people, you know, pick and choose where their ethical boundaries are and all of that. But I do think there is a line or a difference between a blogger and a journalist. Let's touch on this now. So I, I studied journalism and I did hard news and I've now moved on the completely other side and I run a tech blog. Mm -hmm. You do news. You're I a journalist. video game journalist. Journalist? Journalism? One of those words. And I mean, let's be honest, hard news journalists will say that you're not a real journalist. <laughs> but, you know, you just write about video games. But but if for, for the, the context of this podcast, yeah. journalist, blogger. blogger. Yeah. So, Okay. Where do you draw? What do you think are some of the differences between what's allowed for a blogger and what's allowed for a journalist? So for me, it's not so much what's allowed and what isn't. I, I've always maintained that if you're open and honest about the content and and where it's come from, you're fine. And mm -hmm. there's there's numerous studies that will show you that sponsored content, if done in a creative way and marked as sponsored, will be read, read just as much, if not more so, than content that hasn't been paid for. I think that the, the problem, maybe, is, is when I say sponsored content, you immediately assume advertorial, mm. which is a traditional media way of thinking. That That's not the case. I think websites, blogs, if you like, have, have found a way around that, so they're not producing boring content. But I think if you're marking it as sponsored and you're letting people know, then that's okay. But then, then there's the next step, because I mark my stuff as sponsored, and, I, and I've I have a disclaimer, courtesy of Zoe's boss, in fact, who who hates on me for, for some of the freebies I get. I now have a disclaimer that the moment I get something for free, I tell you that it was given to me for free or someone flew me somewhere. So I do all of that. But now where do you draw the line? Because I know of bloggers and, for want of a better term, influencers who maybe they weren't paid for the content on their blog, but they have contracts with the brand doing content for them in other capacities. Mm. I happen to know journalists who have the same deal, media yeah. companies. So now where's the line? Because this brand is paying you to produce content for their website or for a pamphlet or for a brochure. And then they give you content and you, you run it or you run a review on your site. Granted, they haven't paid you for... For, for that your, specific content, but, but you're just, on their payroll. You're on their payroll. So are, whether you're a serious journalist or a blogger, are you going to be telling the truth? But, I mean, look, we've gotten slated. I've seen it many times where we will be running advertising on Lazy Gamer. So we'll have an ad running for whatever game it might be. And then the game is released and the game is good and we write a positive review. And people will be like, eh, you just wrote that because you're getting money. And it's like, well, actually, have you missed, like, the plenty of times when we'll have ads running and we slate a game. But we those ads still run. It's not like we... You know, that that's the point is the review is sacred. We don't, you know, change that depending on, you know, who's advertising or who isn't. But at the same time, there is that perception that, like, all online media is just bought and paid for. Like, that because they're advertising with us, now we just have sold our opinions as well. 
This just clarifies Zoe writes for LazyGamer.net, the biggest, yes. the biggest, the biggest gaming, gaming site in South Africa. If not Africa, mm-hmm. well, now I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think you're 100%, you've hit it there though, online media. So whether it's a blog or a news site, there's an understanding that online media is, is bought and paid for. Mm. But we know that, that printed like magazines, especially from a gaming and a tech point of view, the sales are dropping. Yeah. And more and more people are reading online. So who thinks it's bought and paid for? Because if the, the if the reader thinks that, they're still reading it. Yeah, They've they're stopped. still reading it. They're still consuming the content. They might slate us for us or slate us for it, or they might make fun of the fact, like, oh, ha ha, your entire site is skinned in such and such. But they're still coming. They're still reading. They're still, you know, interested in the content that we're creating. I, but I do think it also you then get into this difficult line because now. Beyond writing for Lazy Gamer, I've now started my own like personal project. Zoe's so, a mommy blogger. Oh, yay! I know people who mute that term on Twitter. Yeah, just I know. I know. I'm just saying. I think it's my karma because I made fun of mommy bloggers who wrote about gaming for years and like, oh, look at these idiot mommy bloggers. And now I'm one of those idiot, idiot mommy, mommy bloggers. bloggers. Yeah, that's me. Um, but it's an odd line because now technically. I'm an influencer, your favorite term, because I have Twitter followers, I have a Facebook following, I have people who are interested in what I'm talking about from a video game context, and now I'm writing about the mommy stuff, and some of them are kind of following me on that journey as well. But as a blogger, like, if I get invited to a tech event as a game, as a video game journalist, and then I write about it as a mommy blogger, like, is that allowed? Am I then, should I charge separately like should I be charging to attend these kinds of events you know it, it becomes this very blurred line because now I'm a blogger so hard but I'm also so a journalist it's how, so how are you hard. coping Zoe with all this fame all this fame and fortune I've I wear sunglasses and a hat in public um yeah no but I mean it is a, it's this odd thing where like we have this influencer culture as well where you don't even have to have a website you can just have like a really important in, like Instagram account and brands will want to be involved with you and how do you disclaim that? And how do you show, like, actually, I'm not just bought and paid for? Or is it okay to be bought and paid for? So I have an opinion on this, and it's... I, I'm a big... I'm a huge advocate of, for want of a better term, influences. Mm. And I think that the media landscape is, is going in that direction. And I think that the reason an influencer is influential is not because they have tens of millions of followers. It's because the audience that they speak to listens. Mm. That's all it is. So whether they speak to 10 people or a million people, the audience they speak to listens. And if you can, and there are now ways to quantify this. Mm. And then on top of that, being in the online space, it's so easy to track how your content has worked. And this is a big thing that, that traditional media will, will come in, and, and when I say traditional media, I'm talking more your print, will come in and slate online media and say, oh, well, it's just the Wild West, and there's you can't see anything. Actually, we can see every single person who reads that site down to their gender, their region, and the phone that they were using to read that content. Yeah, which operating system they were using. Exactly. Whereas you say that you, you distributed X amount of magazines to X amount of stores, there's no guarantee that it got to the people you claim it did. You know, yeah. it could be sitting in a box in someone's house. So you, we can pinpoint exactly. And when it comes to return on that investment and being able to say if a, if a brand comes to an influencer and says, right, I want to get more people onto my website or I want to sign up more people mm. for a service, we can show through Google Analytics and various other tools, that people went there, that people signed up. Maybe they went there, maybe they moved onto the prices page, maybe they didn't sign up. Then I'm able, as the influencer, to say, well, my guys came, came there, they moved to the pricing page, they left your page, which means there's an issue with your pricing. Yeah, I can still prove I sent my guys there. Now, maybe you need to ch- tweak your pricing. There's, there's so much that you can fiddle with to, to get those results. And at the same time, You've got a group of people that like what you say. They re- they 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 relate to you. It mm. resonates with them, and I, I think that that that's where that comes from. The problem, and, and when we talk about bought and paid for, is I'm yet to find someone again using this influencer comment. The the good ones, the the Chris Carmichael's on Snapchat, the the Gareth Ponds, who's a South African influencer on Instagram, who will just take every paid job willy nilly. Yeah. They tend to choose things that they like, that resonates with them, because they know that resonates with their audience. Yeah. So they're not selling something they don't believe in. Mm. 
And that's where the difference is, is because from, from the other side of the coin, I'd argue that traditional media will sell anything. Yeah. In a, in, in a news site will sell anything in an attempt to just have advertising. Whereas I'm limited in that on tech girl, I, I can only really endorse things that I think are of interest because at the end of the day, people come to the site because of my opinion, not because they want to get their news fix. And I think that's a difference, a big difference between the blogger and the news sort of site because I don't care what the banner is on Lazy Gamer. Like, obviously, we have some limits like i'm not gonna you know i don't know i don't think we should have porn on there probably but like if people want to buy cars if people want to buy shavers if people want to buy computer components like honestly they're coming to read about gaming news the majority of them fit a certain demographic um you know they are going to be typically male they are going to be typically you know with above average incomes it's just kind of the you know it's an expensive hobby to have people who want to read about it probably can afford to buy those products you also know from google analytics that those are your readers so you will target them exactly which is business one which is business 101 and so when a brand comes and says oh your readers are predominantly male with money we want to sell them this shaver i'm not going to be like no that goes against our advertising ethics cool put your google ad on for shavers and have a good day like i don't really mind but I think it does change a bit when you're a blogger and especially for sponsored content and things like that, where then all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, no, I'll do a sponsored content post about, you know, a shaver really for me, for my audience would do nothing. And I think brands also need to be aware of that, of like being a bit pickier with their influencers and not just going like, well, they have a bazillion Twitter followers, so I'll go with them. When actually, no matter what they say, people who listen to them aren't going to care about your product. This is somewhere as well. So I, I have to like, there, there's such a funny line for me because tech all is a blog. Mm-hmm. It's a tech blog. But it also, in the tech space, it means I do have to do reviews for different phone brands. So I'm going to have different phones and different brands on the, on the blog. I don't endorse them. I review them. Yeah. On, so that's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's a sticky slope because you're in between. But on like the mommy blogger side, I'll tell you what annoys me. Not that I read mommy blogs, but, but I'm... So many. I see so you all many. day reading mommy blogs. But like beauty and fashion blogs. So I, be, let's, let's, okay, let's move away from mommy blogs. I'll tell you beauty blogs. So in January, so-and-so tries out brand number one's lipstick and tells me that brand number one's lipstick is amazing. And then in February, she tries brand number two's lipstick and she tells me that it's amazing. And then in month three, she tries brand number three's lipstick and it's amazing and she loves all the lipsticks in the world which is great i love all the smartphones in the world but but in this case she's constantly going you should buy this i'll buy this you should buy this and then i think is where the problem comes in with the freebies because Mm. then i go well do you love all these lipsticks because they gave them to you yeah and you're not reviewing them i mean how do you review a lipstick how do you review a lipstick i put it on i I didn't have dry lips you know and i guess i and that's why I find it difficult because when I have this conversation with other bloggers, they'll, they'll throw back at me, but you review phones and you said you like this phone and this phone and this phone. But I was like, but, but that's a review. I, I can quantify that. This is someone going, I'll buy that lipstick. And I think this is the other thing is like, I often joke with the gaming guys, like there are cool games that come and I'm like, it looks cool. It's interesting. Personally, I'm not going to spend my money on it. Like if the free copy that we get for review purposes becomes available, like the reviewer is done with it and wants to share and is willing to share, cool, I'll borrow it from them, play it, give it back, the end. But I wouldn't go out and buy it. Whereas there are other games that I still pre-order. I mean, I'm still one of those suckers who buy, you know, pre-orders a game like six months in advance. Like, I don't care if it's terrible. I love it. It's amazing. And, you know, I think that there's this idea like, oh, well, you got it for free. So then you don't necessarily quantify the value of it in the same way. And I, I, I think I'm guilty of it as well. Like, there are certain products that I've used that I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, everyone should have a power bank. But then I look at the prices and I'm like, geez, like, you know, people pay this for a power bank. Meanwhile, I get given it in a goodie bag or something like that. And I'm like, well, everyone has a power bank by now. And I have like six. Yeah, you know, see? I'm such a brat. <laughs> such a brat. But I mean, that's just the thing, though. So, so where that, I think that's where the, the where bloggers get a bad reputation, though. Because we sit there and we go, well, you just get everything for free. So you love everything so you can get more things for free. And let's be honest, like a beauty blogger, how many times lipstick was maybe a bad example, but like face wash. I don't change my face wash. No one does. Because mm. once you find something that works, you stick to it. Yet these girls will tell you every month to try a new face wash. Yeah. So ethically, should they be saying, actually, this is the face wash that I choose? Well, I mean, But I think there's also a different standard. Like, this is the thing is, I remember when I was, 
when I was in the States and I was chatting to like just other journalists from other fields. Um, and I was saying about the whole ethics and game journalism thing has become like a really big issue. And they're like, really? Like, have you guys not seen what people do in movies and music? Like, it's all one big muddled mess. Like, how did you find this musician? Oh, a friend told you about them. Oh, like, where's the ethical line? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really expect a beauty blogger to be held to like the highest ethical standard. Maybe that's a terrible judge. Maybe that's really superficial on my side. But like, I go to read a beauty blog. I'm not necessarily going to be like, oh, well, she said this lipstick was great. I'm going to go change my lipstick purchasing decisions based on it. It's like, that's not necessarily why I'm reading a beauty blog. But then she's not influencing you, which means brands shouldn't be paying her for anything. Yeah, pretty much. She should just put on funny clothes so I can look at pictures. Well, there we go. <laughs> I, it's such a difficult... For me, from a blogging point of view, I get frustrated. And, and moving back to what we said in the beginning, like disclaiming, I, I think it is really important. And I think that you should, if someone's paying you, you should say so. And if you get something for free, you should say so. Agreed. But where do we draw the line? Because what happens if you are a freelancer who's now being paid by a brand to do write the- content for their website, and then you write something on your blog? Should you be disclaiming that actually they're paying me for something else just so you... I mean, where... I'm technically on their payroll. But I do think there is that aspect of like, you know, for example, we write about a range of games and whether they're advertising with us or not, we don't, it's not like I can be like, well, they didn't post advertising, so we're not going to cover this news. News is news and we cover it. But at the same time, I do sort of wonder, like, what do people think about the, the amount of content that goes out or the amount of information that might go out about one game versus another just because we have access to it because we have the relationships with those distributors and with those PR people who know who we are because they're dealing with us on a marketing front who then also say oh by the way like do you want to do this and do you want to do this and we get other opportunities as well like where do that's a very difficult line to draw as well and as a blogger my, my argument is like if I start disclaiming everyone who's paying me for stuff that doesn't involve my blog mm how much money I'm making at the end of the day. I'm not asking a lazy gamer journalist what their salary is. No. But by me being forced to disclaim everything on my blog, whether it's related to the blog or not, or not. suddenly I'm being held to a very different standard. Mm. Saying that, I get pissed off when I know someone, when I know a media outlet, for example, because I know a lot of media outlets that do it. So they, they are contracted by a big brand and mm. they're writing content for the brand and producing in-house publications and then they're doing a review on their site and I'm like, well... But, really... but I'm the unethical blogger. So yeah. so what what have we decided here that we basically don't know what the answer is? I don't think there is a set answer because I think the issue is, I think the big thing is as long as you're open and honest and transparent, it's fine. I mean, this is now the latest controversy with the YouTubers and all of that, where apparently all of them were taking money to make videos and calling it reviews and then it's just totally sponsored content. And it's kind of like... Yeah. You know, no one is above reproach in this regard. Like, everyone is taking money or freebies or something in exchange to do these this sort of content, which is fine. Like, I have no problem. People need to eat. Like, please take money if you're doing the content. content. Just, I, this, is, this is where I get annoyed. And, and this is something that, that's caused me a lot of, in a South African, the South African circles with YouTubers and bloggers, as I said, there are studies and there are stacks of them that prove sponsored content is re- is read just as much, if not more so, than sort of normal, normal yeah. not paid for content. So long as your market is sponsored, and that's if it's marked as sponsored. What pisses me off is the fact that there are people in South Africa and around the world who don't want to market as sponsored. No. And the moment you are taking a step going, I don't want people to know I was paid for this. You've crossed that to me is where you've yeah. crossed the ethical line. If you are in, if you are concerned that if people know that you were paid for something, it would change their opinion, then you've crossed an ethical line. But then also, what is wrong with your content? Like, I've done posts because we've we've done some sponsored content on Lazy Gamer. We don't do tons. It's you know a, a difficult line as a journalistic site to do it, but we have done some very clearly marked sponsored content. And recently, I was asked to write the post, to actually do the copy for it. And it was actually a fun article to write. Like, I actually enjoyed the content. And I was like, okay, you know, yes, it's sponsored. Yes, I'm a bit more careful with the tone. But I was still tongue-in-cheek. And I was still making fun of 
the parts that I thought were funny and then pointing out the parts that I thought were cool. But that's, and, native, that's native advertising 101. It's yeah. meant to be in your voice. Yeah. The question is when you wrote that and you went, sure, but I don't want people to know this was sponsored. No. That tells me that you're lying. Mm. Straight away, I'm like, well, you, you've in, either you've endorsed something that you don't believe in. Yeah. Or you're lying somewhere. You're lying somewhere. You're being dishonest because otherwise you would just be open. Like, hey, it's sponsored. We got money for this and it's cool. Check it out. Whatever. Or or, or what you don't you don't want people to know you got free stuff. You're embarrassed but I think about that's, that you got I, free stuff. Why? I think that's part of the issues. People are like embarrassed. Like, oh, I got money for this. Like, um, good. That means that hopefully people are taking you seriously. And I think that that. The whole argument of, oh, I don't want to market sponsored because people don't read it is that all that means, if, if you're marking, if you're not marking stuff as sponsored because you think people aren't reading sponsored content or you've marked stuff as sponsored and people aren't reading it, it's because you're producing shit content. Yeah. No, it is. Bottom line. You're producing shit. It's boring. No and one I've read it. sponsored content that's like that where you go, why on earth am I reading this? Like This is my argument about the, the traditional advertorial mindset. Mm. It, it's not advertorial. It's something that's called native advertising and try and it's a, it's a section of native advertising. Mm. You need to try and think a little bit. The moment you think advertorial, you're, you're failing. Yeah. And brands think advertorial. When you approach them, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll immediately go, oh, like an advertorial. No. No. I'm not going to write what you say. I'm going to write it in my tone to my audience. It's going to be fun. They're going to engage with it. Yeah. But I think this whole ethical question, it's such a hard line to draw in general. And I mean, this is something that I've been thinking a lot about as well with that whole mommy thing that's coming. Um, <laughs> the spawning aspect. I don't know if you know, but Zoe's pregnant. Oh, stop it! We just we should, we're just we should gonna just really keep pushing this. Just keep reinforcing. So at some point, I'm gonna do a podcast on my own because she'll probably be giving birth. That's amazing. I don't want to do a podcast no. on my own. No, we'll record in advance, okay. and then we'll record with the sounds of screaming in the background, which will be great. That will be my life from now on. Anyway. Um, sad life. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. So anyway, while you imagine the silence that you'll have in your future, what I've been thinking about though is like, I'm actually going to be responsible for like the moral foundation for a human being, which is kind of like the heaviest thing I can imagine putting on my shoulders ish, you know, making sure this human survives their first bunch of years of life and has a sense of right and wrong. And how am I going to impart any of this like right and wrong what is it to be male versus female? Like, these are some of the heaviest questions that we kind of grapple with, that I grapple with as an adult. And we can't even find answers for a seemingly straightforward question about ethics. But I now have to teach a human, like, what is it to be a girl? What is it to be a girl for you? What does it mean that you're a woman? I struggle with this. <laughs> I am a woman. Yes. But, but I struggle with this because I grew up in a family that never pointed out the fact that I was a girl. Mm. There was never any... Dif- I, I must be honest. I've, I've thought about this so many times and I've, I've gone back on it so many times. Mm. My family, from, from my parents to my grandparents to my aunts and uncles, never, ever made me feel like I was a girl and it was something. I was just one of the kids. You know yeah. what I mean? And if I wanted to do karate i could do karate if i wanted to do ballet i could do ballet if i wanted to play in the mud play in the mud if i wanted to play with cars play with cars if i wanted to play with barbies play with barbies there was absolutely no no thing stopping me from just Mm. doing whatever i wanted when one of the things that that i've always said that i thought was amazing about my parents is that we we weren't spoiled with toys but but we were i came from a a middle class family i was fortunate enough that every time we went to the store because at that stage there was no online shops Mm -hmm. and we were maybe walking around a shopping center and we stopped at a bookstore we were allowed to get a book yeah so if we wanted a book we always got books it was it was never a question of no we got Mm -hmm. as many books as we wanted they took us to the library a lot and there's a very big distinguishing girls books and boys books I was allowed to read whatever I wanted and mm. I was such a nerd that I did read everything. Like yeah. if I could grab it, I would grab it. No one ever said to me, well, that's, that's a boy's story, yeah. you know, from like, there was Sweet Valley High, remember those days? <sighs> Wasn't too interested in it, but like would, would find something else that like Archie comics I loved, not Betty and Veronica, I loved Archie, like, mm-hmm. you know, they had no problem, they have an Archie comic, you know, that's fine. If I wanted yeah. to read a boy's magazine. Not an issue. Not an issue. So... I have never been raised, what does it mean to be a girl? What does it mean to be a girl and to be discriminated against? It's something I didn't understand until I got into 
went to work actually and then suddenly saw the dynamics but see this is my thing as well because i was also very fortunate that like i was raised in a very um gender neutral i suppose you could call it like upbringing i had an older brother so i mean we had all the trucks and all the lego and all the like fantasy dragon and soldier toys like i played with those as a kid it wasn't an issue like i got into video gaming because he was into gaming and then he lost interest and i was like screw that it's still cool and my mom kept buying me video games like kept buying me books i got into fantasy and i'm reading these like typically boy books and never ever a comment about it nothing like oh you're quite a tomboy or anything like that until i was much older but it's also that thing here where, like, I'm having all these people, like, I'm going to buy your kid pink. And I'm like, why? Like, you're welcome to. Like, you can buy her whatever can you I, want. Can I throw this back at you? Mm-hmm. Why not? No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're welcome to. But, like, whether she's wearing her little pink tutu or her black goth, like, onesie or whatever. You are doing that here. You probably I'd got one already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no matter what she's wearing, she's still going to... Be, op- be open to or allowed to do whatever activities interest her. Like, if she wants to play in the mud in her pink tutu, it's not going to be like, no, but you have to keep that clean and... Well, with all due respect, I feel like when your child, because now I can completely talk about this as the, the leading parental giver of advice. Fantastic. And, like, don't let her play in the mud because then she dirties your car and your couch and that would upset me. Yeah, I don't care. I do. That's why we need... what. Um, those covers that you put on the seats when you have kids and then you can just like hose it down because it's revolting and everything is going to be revolting like I'm reading more and more about just how gross an experience is going to be why? I don't know I don't know but it's supposed to be magical supposedly they say and worth it I had this discussion with you the other day about just putting them outside in a secure area (laughs) I have this belief that children are a bit like puppies and if you put them in a secure area that they can't get out or impale themselves with some food and water and a little bit of shade, just leave them naked and then hose them down in the evening when you're done. Plus, they're playing outside, which is good you're for them. You're going to be a great mom. <laughs> the best mom. My dogs are very happy. I'm sure they are. My dogs are very happy. So so what it, the, the, the question we're asking here, though, is how... Because the thing is, I want her to be a strong, empowered, intelligent worldly human i know those are all terrible bizarre adjectives but i want her to be out there and unique and interesting and be exposed to all sorts of things in the world but i also know now as an adult woman that there are certain things that are different for men versus women in how we experience things in how the world treats us but now we're going, we, let's go back to our, our first ever a crisis of feminism. Mm-hmm. We, they, my, my issue has always been, we are different. Whether yeah. you like it or not, they have penises, we don't. We are different. The way we consume technology is different. The way we, we consume everything is different. Yeah. So is there anything wrong with celebrating that? Why can't we celebrate that difference? Well, this is just it. But this is the line that I'm going to walk. Like, okay, so tech, right? I mean, I was exposed to technology from a very young age. And because I was the youngest one you know it was the type of thing of like oh we have to set up the vcr here offspring like you know like it becomes that (laughs) like it becomes a very natural thing that as the younger generation you just naturally pick up the tech more easily or whatever it might be and like we would play with the video games and i knew how to set it up with the tv and how it plugged in i don't know how i knew that how it plugged in but magically i could set up the consoles and i could do all of that meanwhile now i'm married that's my husband's job why why it's not that i'm incapable but that that became part of our division of labor but now harley's coming i want her to know like well actually mommy can also plug in stuff and so can you and this is you know you don't need to rely on anyone to show you how to consume your technology never mind technology just in life are are we not at what point does this stop this this idea that is so ingrained in humans and just so old of like shame poor helpless girl daddy will look after you until mm. such time as you will be married off for a large <laughs> fee and let's be like i mean this is this is the past yeah you will be married off for a large fee and i don't care what anyone says when there's money trading hands you you're as good as property you are property whether it's labola or or some sort of stipend or mm. whatever else 
we will trade you for some money to your family and then he'll look after you until you die. Yeah. At what point, like at what point is that? And yes, over time it's got better. Yeah, it's way better. But I mean, like there was no labola for me, (laughs) but there is still this sense of like, I look after my husband and he looks after me. Like we are pretty, like as far as couples go, we're pretty egalitarian, like in our but not according to mass media. Mass media tells me that he looks after you and he does all the hard stuff and you just cook and clean and wash. Yeah, that's what the media tells me. And this is this is something that... And he'll set up my phone for me and he'll figure out my computer and he'll make all the major decisions in the household. Even though actually I make most... Of, I do all the shopping. I'm so the one who buys everything. Studies have shown that most consumer purchase decisions in the home are made by women, especially... The most serious ones, like house buying, car buying, insurance premiums, yeah. the, the big money, those are all actually, the majority of those decisions are made by the woman. But yet. But that's not what I see when. That's not what you're told. No. When was the last time I saw a car marketed to me that wasn't just like, look, it's pretty. No, my favorite. Look, it's an SUV so you can put kids in it. Maybe I want to drive a sports car. Yeah. Because maybe I don't want children. I want a Jag. No apparent reason. I just think they're pretty. And they're powerful and they make that sexy noise when they rev. I want a, a Jag as well, but I'm not allowed to say that because if, if yeah, I was given a Jag to oh, drive for disclaimer. two days. Sorry, disclaimer. disclaimer. I was given a Jag to drive for two days and I want one now because they gave me one to drive for two days. Honestly, it worked. It worked. I got it for two days. I want one. Mm. So badly. Yeah. I cry about it at night. Anyway. But, but this is the thing is I don't see them marketed to me. Obviously, it was marketed to me via you through your influencer experience. Look what they did. They knew exactly what they <laughs> were I doing. But I wanted one before said, that. You that see. see, influencer marketing works. Works. I sold a Jag that she can't afford. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but there is this aspect you where it's like... Imagine when Harley's dirty, grubby fingers are all over that seat. <laughs> I will... I will dig my eyes out with a spoon before Those I have sticky to... sticky hands. Before I have sticky to watch... child hands. Watch that horror... The horror of it. The horror. I'll just like lay wet wipes all over the no, that's even worse. <laughs> that's why they market SUVs to women. That's why they market SUVs to women. And not jacks. Mm. But how do you know a man doesn't have a child with sticky hands? Men also have sticky hand kids. They just don't put them in their nice jags. They do. That's the thing. Because a man will be more wrapped around his little girl's finger. So when she goes, Daddy, sticky hands, not Jag. Not Jag. Yeah. You, you haven't met the men that I know. Never. That would, not, not even, like, never mind Jags. Like, they wouldn't even touch their crappy VW. <laughs> not that VWs are crappy. Shame. I don't want to ruin future influencer jobs. <laughs> VWs are fine, too. VWs, it's fine. All cars are wonderful. So but how do we change this? Can we change this? Can we change this? I think part of... I think it's us, and I think it's also men. Like, I don't know, I've been seeing a lot of these things, like... When I was growing up, my father always... And he became an asshole, but... When I was growing up, he was quite cool. And it was always, like, he would tell me how smart I was, and he would tell me how pretty I was, and, like... But it wasn't just, like, oh, you're pretty, go sit down. It was, like, you're pretty, do you want to sit and watch me take apart the vacuum? Like... Yes, I do, and I want to be a part of that, and I want to help you paint the walls, and I want to be involved in all the things we did. And it was really helpful so that when I got older and I would, like, meet boys, would be like, oh, you can just sit there. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, actually, you're doing it wrong. Let me come help you. Are we, are we talking about painting walls and fixing, and fixing vacuum? vacuum cleaners? No, I don't do that. So if someone says just sit there and I'm pretty, I'm like, okay. okay. But I mean, I like building websites and I, my dad taught me, you remember GeoCities yeah. back in the day? I mean, he, he set me up an account and he showed me how to make free websites. And mm-hmm. He used to do a lot of Meccano stuff. So it was cool to like sit and show me how Meccano, like how the Meccano worked and mm-hmm. how to put stuff together. And I, I think he, he never once discriminated against me because I was a girl. And I'm pretty sure if I wanted to help him fix the vacuum cleaner, he would have let me. I'm just really lazy by nature, so anything that involves something that'll make me have to work later is probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. But I mean, I, I think... But this is just it, is like with raising Harley, like how do I teach her? This is technology, it's nothing to be afraid of, don't be a technophobe, like this is gaming. It's I think cool. you've just got to let her play. Like, that was the thing. My, my parents were sort of like, well, there, there's a... Comp-. I mean, within controlled reason. Yeah. So, like, I had access to the internet when I was 12, which I probably 
shouldn't have, but they were pretty controlled about what Where, I did on the yeah. internet. But what was really great is that they weren't over my shoulder controlling it. They, and it was before you, I mean, now you can put so many locks on stuff that there's no issue. I mean, that was, this was like the wild west of the internet, you yeah. know, when you still had the dial-up tone thing. <laughs> but they were sort of like, well, these are the rules. This is what you can and cannot do. These are the sites you can and cannot go to. We trust have you. Fun. Yeah. I'd play around. What I've now found out that I got older is in the evenings, they would then sit and go through the search history <laughs> and see exactly what I did and knew where I'd been and were quite comfortable with that. Yeah. And I never, they, they gave me enough freedom to, to explore it and, and enough independence. So I never abused it. Yeah. And I think nowadays you've got so many controls in place that you just let her play with it. Let her, yeah. let her experience it. And then let her deal with all the crap when she's 19 and realizes that there's a huge divide between genders and she'll feel so horrified and can't believe that this was life because her parents were so great about it. Yeah. And then she'll start a podcast in the backseat of a car and have the same discussion as we are. <laughs> and the that's the cycle. cycle of life. <laughs> so basically, what, what we've decided here is, one, we have no cooking clue. Well, you, because I don't have to worry about this, but you have no cooking clue how to raise your daughter. Thanks. Thanks. I have no cooking clue where my ethical boundaries are. Nope. Hey, VW. Um. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But we're going to give a talk about this stuff. Oh, we are. We're experts in the field of women and technology. <laughs> so, Tech for Africa on the something of October. I'm, I'm going to put the exact date in the description of this podcast. Yes. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Such, such professionals and influence, influential women in, in this, in, this yeah, field. Experts. I think it's I think it's like the 6th and the 7th or the 7th and the 8th. But I'll put the exact date in the explanation. In the explanation. Tech, With a link and everything so you can... So you can go check it out. Tech for Africa. It's a big conference happening in South Africa, in Johannesburg. And we're going to be talking on how to market technology to women. Because this... I think you had a brilliant idea with this. Because the idea was... It's not enough to just be like, oh, women in tech, like we've talked about. The idea is that women like technology. Women want technology. But the companies go about talking to us completely backwards. Well, that's the thing. That's the whole argument. We do these talks all the time. Everyone sits together and goes, there's not enough women in tech fields. There's not enough women in tech. We have a huge gender discrimination in tech. But then, like you just saw when we were... I mean, it's not necessarily a tech thing. But when we say, well, what's the solution? We go, well, we don't really know how to mm. fix this. So we thought to, together, instead of standing up and going, oh, there's a huge problem here. We are going to stand up and go, okay, cool. We don't think you do this right. And yeah. here's how, how we think it should be done. Mm. We're going to get a lot of other women to, to give some opinions. We're going to get some studies. And, and we're going to say, this is a solution to a problem, as opposed to just pointing out a problem. Yes. Because you need an answer and you need something concrete. Because it's all well and good to be like, we need more people with vaginas to do something. But if you're not talking to women the way that women actually care about or are interested in, you can put pink covers on everything and they still might not buy it. Except me, because I love pink covers and stuff. Yeah, see, not me, because my child will be in a goth onesie. I have a, a pink mouse that someone talking about freebies, mm. um, a, a high-end fashion label. Did, did, is it mice or mouses? It's going to bug me for the rest of my life. Mouses, apparently. Is it mouses? Yeah. They, they did a, a high-end range of mouses, <laughs> and they made them all pink, and then they put glitter in them and made oh, them like pink God. and see-through, and then they've got glitter. And when it arrived, that I thought, revolting. this is the most horrific thing. <laughs> it's, it's so, And then I plugged it in, and the pink light came on, and I was like, it's so rad. <laughs> actually so cool like it's 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 pink and sparkly and makes me think of discos and i don't like pink or sparkly things but but you like your mouse but this is just it is like you would if you had known how rad you would find that mouse you would have bought it yes had i have known beforehand how amazing it is when it's pink light comes on yeah and how special it makes me feel in public places when people stare at me like i'm an idiot and then i laugh because i know i'm not an idiot but i think maybe that's part of the marketing of tech to women is to be like we know you're smart but you can still have something that's pretty exactly and it doesn't have to be pink no it can be rose gold iphone <laughs> rose gold you're no, but I mean, yes <laughs> I, I quite like that phone mm-hmm. that's a, that's a topic for another so we're gonna have this conversation we're gonna have this conversation we're gonna talk about tech and women and what companies should be doing 
And we're going to put Zoe in a pink tutu. Really? Well, I just decided that that should happen. Great, thanks. So if, if you want to see Zoe in a pink tutu, come on over. Do they make do they make tutus in maternity sizes? Why do you always have to throw a spanner in my I'm great sorry. idea? I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. It the, it's magic, and you go, here's the spanner. Here's the spanner, <laughs> my baby is a spanner. spanner I'm sorry, baby. Harley. It's fine. You should, you should check out Zoe's mommy blog, though. You should. Borngeek.co.za. Because I write about stuff like sex. Because I'm that kind of mommy blog. Which, which freaked me out. As a, <laughs> as, a, as a single girl, reading about the sex life of a pregnant woman and her husband is, is something I, I hope that, that I never have to read. Well, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's cemented into my brain. It was, like, it was carved in with a knife. And now every time I see Zoe with her husband... I see them, and it freaks me out. Great. So my job is done. I'm going to tell your child about this when she's like three, four years old, so she can repeat it at school. Fantastic. I'll give her the blog address as well and put it on her clothes. Doesn't that worry you? This is something that I... Aren't you worried about what she's going to read one day? I mean, you've been pretty... I must be honest. So so I'm not not a mommy blogger fan, but, Mm. but I read... I read yours because you're a friend and, I, and I, I love how sort of vocal and honest mm. you are about it. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your ass. But it's nice. Thank you. Um, but, but it's... Aren't you scared one day she's going to read all of this? I don't know. I think I'm being honest in the journey. So, like, she can read what she wants. Like, I'm not going to pretend that being pregnant was amazing. Parts of it are cool, but I think she should know. Like, because she one day might decide to spawn... And it could be helpful for her one day to look back on and be like, oh, well, my mom went through this. Are you not concerned? Like, my, So my biggest concern, for example, so the, the sex post, which was like a, a little bit terrifying for me, mm-hmm. not going to lie. But like, you were honest, you were candid, you were straight out. Are you not worried that like maybe you haven't had that birds and bees discussion with her? And she goes to school and one of her friends sees your, your blog and shares it with her. And then she comes home and she's like, you guys were having sex while I was in your tummy. Ah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean... Isn't that worry you? It does now. No. Um, surprise. No, surprise. Thanks. Thanks for adding to my fears and insecurities. No. Um, but it's not. the. I think the point is I don't know how to be any other way if I'm going to blog. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm thinking about. I'm not going to censor myself for possible future Harley. I used to do that with my dating blog because I believed that it was fine. But then I stopped getting dates because people were scared I was going to blog about them. In so you became the Taylor Swift like just, of a, just a few weeks ago I, I got asked a question about am I ever going to appear on your blog and I mean that blog's been dead for a while so careful what you say no I think it's different when you're a parent it's that mommy blogs are different to he was really bad in bed blogs yeah right? yeah right? I think so I think to be like this guy who will be named whose name shall not be spoken had the smallest penis I've ever seen oh, I never did different. that I'm not Didn't a terrible you? human oh I would have this is why I am very glad that I did not exist. In the, I, I wasn't single in the digital. I never did that. I, I mean, I, mean I, I, was, I, was, I, I was pretty harsh, actually, now that I'm thinking. I've, I've done far worse than that. So, but I'm, I'm a terrible but, person. But in general, like, what else am I sharing on the internet? Like, it does make me laugh. So one of um, my colleagues at Lazy Gamer recently started a relationship and we're all very happy for him like puppy love like it's amazing um, and just like that every lazy gamer reader who listens to this podcast his brain is doing what mine is which is going ching ching who was that ching ching we'll find out now <laughs> ching ching she'll say so, enough so so maddie started oh, this well, new thing branded. Branded. Sorry. but he, he said to us in our like little group chat like he got a girlfriend and a ps4 i liked that they happened on the same weekend by the way it was rather entertaining for all of us and then Jeff, who is the most terrifying human being on the planet, proceeded to stalk her online and found everything about her. Like, it was really, really scary because he found everything, like, down to where she lived. And I was like, did she have, like, location on her Instagram photos? Like, how did you do this? But, I mean, he's just that terrifying a person. But, I mean, how much are we sharing? Does Jeff take a small fee if I want to If I want to just get some information on I'm someone? I'm sure you could. <laughs> just determine if a second date is in order. Mm, I think you should actually employ his services. Sounds like a good plan. But, I mean, I'm sharing on the blog. And, like, I have also made certain decisions, like, I won't ever say where she goes to school when she starts school. Um, just certain things that, from a safety perspective, because you don't know who's out there and who's reading, you know, you have to put some 
boundaries in place. But I mean, it is this question of like, she's going to look back one day, maybe, if she's interested, <laughs> which she honestly might not even care. But she has the opportunity to look back and actually read from, you know, when she was a kid all the way through. And we all put all this information out there. I mean, I put everything I eat on Zomato because I'm now a food pornographer, an expert food reviewer as this well. This annoys me as well. Like, <laughs> while, while we're on the topic, like mm-hmm. parenting advice on mommy vlogs, food photography on Zomato. Mm-hmm. The internet has given everyone a voice and everyone thinks they're an expert. Yep. But I, I, mean, I know I'm an expert. I but... know that I'm a brilliant food pornographer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a good food pornographer, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm brilliant at Snapchat. Like, I, I got my first dick pic sent to me the other day, so Congrats, I know yeah. from a strange kid. Wow. So, I mean, I, I pretty much, I'm, I'm at the You've top graduated. of my day. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is something as well, like, and I'm just wondering how it's going to progress. But, like, everyone has a soapbox now. Like, it used to be that you had to, like, do something to earn the right to say, like, I know about food. Let me tell you my opinion of this restaurant. And now, like, anyone with a smartphone can be like, this restaurant was great. This restaurant was crap. I don't know if they've ever eaten any good food. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's an opinion. I had that funny this morning. I, uh, I'm a huge Snapchat advocate, mm-hmm. and I, I, I love it. But I went on, and there was a girl who I, who I'm friends with, who proceeded to go on for two hundred seconds. <laughs> so it's Snapchat. If if you've never used it, it's ten second video bursts. So you've got ten seconds to say what you need to say. So she did twenty. What she did is two hundred seconds oh, of her in 10 second bites trying to say something like this podcast but just in 10 second bites and speaking to her phone in the car and i proceeded to to do a snap where i went excuse my language but for fuck's sake go and get a youtube channel because yeah. that's what youtube's designed for you're mm. using the platform wrong and i actually deleted it because i took a step back and i thought i think she's using the platform wrong because i like to use snapchat to create fun stories and be play the fool mm. but maybe she and her following like snapchat to give each other 10-second updates and 200-second pieces. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I thought it was dumb. And I, I proceeded to use my platform to tell everyone who does it that they're dumb. Mm. And then I quickly deleted it because I went, whoa, you, you're basing this purely on what you like and, and what you but think. But you're an expert on Snapchat. But all of a sudden, by saying mm. that, which is why I deleted it, because I went, I'm not an expert on Snapchat. Yeah. I use the platform and, and I get a, a decent reaction from it. But, but I'm not an expert by, by any... I don't think anyone is because it hasn't been around long enough. But also, I mean, even stuff that's been around for ages. Like, there are certain things that we know about how Twitter works or how Instagram works. But, I mean, there are ways that people use it that's totally different from how I would use it. You know what I mean? Like, Instagram, for some people, is like pure food porn and sunsets, apparently. Like, that's the purpose of Instagram. Sorry I just did that because I posted a sunset picture the other day. But carry on, <laughs> carry on. But I think I don't feel judged at all. No, not at all. But I mean, this is. Who do you think you are? An expert on Instagram? I use it for nail art. (laughs) You bastard! (laughs) I read an interesting. I'm reading a book, and it's 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 specifically about blogging and and the online community. And one of the things that she said is that each platform is designed for a particular purpose, and you should use it for its purpose. So Instagram is is ideally designed for beautiful photography, and you should use it to share beautiful photography. But then I thought, I know people that have Instagram accounts that they just take pictures of their dogs and they're not good pictures. And yeah. they have more followers than people with beautiful photography. Yeah. So is she really right? Like, what does she know? What does she know? But this Stupid is just expert it. who makes millions off her blog. You know nothing. But, but this is the thing is like, I mean, also platforms change over time. Like look at YouTube. YouTube was video content. You know, it was very sort of like pre-produced video content, this and that. Then it now, I mean, you're allowed to live stream. They're even doing the gaming live stream. Or you can thing. vlog. Instead of using Snapchat? Yes, you could go put your Snapchat 200 second video on YouTube. In one go. In one go. No breaks. One go. It's amazing. It's, it's like the future. You should try. Well, I'm going to be in trouble You're if this be person so listens to this podcast. Yeah. so much trouble. But I think this is the thing is like, none of us are experts, but we all like to act like we're experts. Or some people like to act like they're experts. And then get upset when people do things differently to how they do it. So I think we're... People are too sensitive. Mm-hmm. People think they're smart and they're not. Mm-hmm. So all you should take away from this podcast is one, bloggers do have ethics. But we don't know what they are. Ooh, shut up. Bloggers <laughs> have ethics. <laughs> Two. We have no idea what it means to be a woman. Three. You are not as smart as you think you are. So shut up. Shut up.
<laughs> we are amazing podcasters. I'm just putting that out there. You've just listened to us for I don't know how many minutes, and we've come away with nothing. No ways, man. I, I, I came away with people should shut up. I deleted a snap today. You did delete it. So you shut up. I have shut up, and I have, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just need to shut up. <laughs> And on that note. And on that note. Thank you for listening. We're going to shut up now. Where, where can we find you, Zoe? Um, at Moonstormer everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, apparently. Snapchat. Snapchat. Everything is Moonstormer. And you? You can find me um, at, my personal account is at IamSamW on Twitter or at TechGirlZA. Or alternatively, add me on Snapchat. IamSamW22. What's the 22 for? Because someone is IamSamW. Some bastard took IamSamW. <laughs> Some bastard who knows nothing. And who knows have nothing. My shouldn't have your Snapchat. <laughs> He's probably doing two hundred second snaps right now. You could also you could also visit my mommy blog, bornggeek.co.za, or my video game actual journalistic site. Because you know, blogger slash journalist. The serious journalist. The certain side. serious site is lazygamer.net, and you. I have a blog. It's called tickle.co.za. You should go check it out. You should. Or you shouldn't. I mean, whatever. I'm not. Or maybe that's how you found this podcast in the first place. So you should just go back to that. I'm sorry that you had to listen to this if you could (laughs) find it that way. No, I'm just kidding. I like our podcast. I do too. This is fun. So we're going to try and do a live one next. Yeah, we've got a few ideas going. We're going to do a podcast of our talk. So when we do our proper talk, you'll be able to listen to that. Um, We also have some other ideas kicking about. If, if If the techie in the group can figure out how to record our voices live and get rid of other noise we're on okay without having to wear stupid headsets but i think we would look so fetching in stupid headsets we could we could start an instagram account and take photos of us in, in fetching headsets <laughs> i think we should okay anyway thank you how for much money do you think you can make no, <laughs> influencer headset brands if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening we no, no we're done no. we're done okay we do need a sponsor for this podcast, though, so if you are listening and you think that this was a great idea and you want to throw money behind us. We will disclaim it at the beginning of the podcast. Or will we? The cake is a lie.